Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hi, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal family. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. Please. It's a very nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, On this week's episode, we're talking about so many things. I'm honestly tired. These royals are busy. They're very busy. And we're so, you know, some countries slow down in the summer, but not the Brits. No. So this week we have um, the gang at Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. We have new photos from the christening. They're so cute. They are... They're so cute. Less cute. Uh, Trump in the UK slash Great Britain slash England slash. Did you know you can call it whatever you want? <laughs> um, that happened. Um, That's also, gonna go really well with our British listeners. <laughs> also unfortunate as we have a Thomas Markle update. Um, we'll get rid of all the sad stuff, the unpleasant stuff, because um, there's so much good stuff to talk about. So much good stuff. So don't worry about it. Um, our royal refreshment this week. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. We're back to the Pims. Back to Pims. Yeah. It's like Pims and seltzer with some lemon in it. Yeah. We were quite tired from our journey today because it's horrific weather this week in New York. So we were both late and very tired. And so we just, we started on the Pims as soon as we walked in the door. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we were like mid deep into like a part two of our cocktail. <laughs> I don't know. At one point I was like, I'm just going to put more in. But we were caught in the rain and neither of us brought our umbrellas because Caitlin and I are weirdly connected. So of course we both were traveling this weekend. Yes. And of course we both forgot our freaking umbrellas and we yeah. both got rained on. I currently, sorry, do not have shoes on because my shoes are soaking wet. And it's not very posh. No, it's not very British. My shoes are Cole Haan. That's, that's nice. Yeah. So yes. Um, so yeah, that's that's why we need a drink. Um, we Lisa and I were also both traveling this weekend. Tell me where you were, not the UK <laughs> or Great Britain. Well, I was somewhere where the Queen was, as we learned. Yes, I was in Kentucky. Ah, beautiful. She went there to visit horses, not coal mines. I mean, I, I again, I haven't like fully investigated that trip, but I do believe coal mines must have been involved. Who knows? But so yeah, I was um, in Kentucky visiting some cousins, and there was a music festival in Louisville. And it's called Forecastle, and it uh, just has lots of, like, very cool bands. But then uh, towards the end of the festival, I was inebriated. Mm, that and is what the kids do at, at uh, festivals, I hear. Yeah. I was I was being a cool kid, mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, and I was with my cousins, and uh, one of them had their husband there. Mm-hmm. And he is British. He's from the Cotswolds, uh. which is where Megan has her house. And okay. it's not called Cotswolds. It's the Cotswolds. Oh. And I asked him why, and I think he stopped talking to me. <laughs> but while there, he was teaching me all this, the proper ways to pronounce things. Such as? Um, okay. Uh-oh. You know that, that strap, town. Strap in, everyone. You know that town that I can't pronounce that starts with a G? It is not called Gloucestershire. <laughs> well, I knew that. It is called Gloucestershire. Yes. Beautiful. I got it. That was really good. And so when inebriated, I realized I'm very good at a British accent. I just Mm. can't even slightly do it when sober. Now, do you think you think you're good at a British accent when you're drunk or, you know, on things? Or would other people agree with that? I think everybody would agree because I said it to (laughs) a lot of people. I was like, look at my accent or sorry, listen to my accent. And they were like, okay. 
So no one was like, that doesn't sound <laughs> British. It sounds to me like they all thought that I sounded super British. So or at least they put up with it. So now our our beloved British listeners can rest in knowing that I finally learned how to pronounce things and they can no longer be upset about that. Well, we're, we're one town down in the UK. Yeah. So Thousands many, more to go. So many more to go. But yes. what about you? You were also traveling. Yeah. I was in Pittsburgh for work uh, for a story that you guys will see in September. Secret, secret. But yeah, it was my first time to Pittsburgh. It's really beautiful. It has more bridges than Venice. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's my Yeah, that's my Pittsburgh trivia. Ooh. So I enjoyed it very much. I ate some great food. Um, they put french fries on everything, which I applaud. Okay, guess I'm going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, right, you know, the Cotswolds, Pittsburgh. Who the knows? London of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Who knows where the summer might take me, <laughs> take you, but um, I know where it's taken me, and I recommend it. So yay, Pittsburgh. Yay, Louisville. Thanks for hosting us this yeah. weekend. and thank you, British person, Jamie, for, <laughs> for teaching For encouraging me. your British accent further. I don't know that that's a good thing, but... Thank you, Jamie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this week in royal history... And now... This week in royal history. We have Camilla Parker Bowles' birthday. Yay. Yay. (laughs) I don't really know what to say about people's birthdays other than yay. Yay. So she was born on July 17th, 1947. She was born Camilla Rosemary Shand. Um, Yeah. She was a descendant of King Charles II of England through his illegitimate children. That's that's fun. She's also the great, great, great granddaughter of Sir Alan Mc. McNabb, who was premier of the province of Canada before Confederation in 1867. Wow. So she's Canadian aristocracy. Guess that means I'm aristocratic as well. <laughs> I'm from Canada. So the, by the transitive property of the, this, that, and who dads, that means. So you, you already know some of the big stuff about Camilla's uh, biography, namely that she may or may not have broken up a marriage that was being closely watched. But if we're going to be feminist about it, Prince Charles may or may not have broken up a marriage. Oh, of course. Of course. I'm just saying that's what most people know about her, obviously, that she was a mistress of uh, Prince Charles. But reading her bio, as we did today, we came up with some really interesting trivia, okay? Yes. Put this in your pocket for your next party. Again, I hope that you're going to parties where people want to know Camilla Parker Bowles trivia. What other parties are there? There are no other parties. Um, So a couple of things, uh, again, that she was... She's a descendant of both the King of England and the Premier of Canada before Confederation. That's wacky to me. And then that there's all these, to me, honestly, gross connections with her dating life with Prince Charles. Like the the British aristocracy is weirdly like incestuous and sometimes in a family way, sometimes just in a friend group way. Yes. But it's like so much drama and then also family incest. And it's a little bit difficult to deal yeah. with yeah so just ha- take hold on for this one okay yeah, get ready. so they camilla and charles were introduced by their mutual friend who was charles's first serious girlfriend so his ex introduced them then when they broke up um her future husband she dated andrew parker bowles when he and she broke up for a little bit she he dated princess anne and was friendly with prince charles because they played on the same polo team yeah so um Camilla and Andrew Parker Bowles were on and off for a while. And yes. so she met Charles when she was off with Andrew. Yes. And then they dated for a little bit. Yeah. And, and then, then it ended abruptly in 1973, yeah. apparently. And then that same year, she married Andrew. So, like, she dated 
Charles until 73. And then she also got married to Andrew in 73. But it's not like she got married to Andrew in December. It was July 4th, 1973. Yeah, it's really weird. So already like a lot of weirdness about the fact that she like Ariana Grande, Mac Miller, Cassie David, Pete Davidson's that relationship. Completely. Yeah, I'm going to write that essay. That just that light bulb just appeared (laughs) over my head. It's very similar to that concept of like we're broken up. Oh, by the way, I'm now marrying someone else. When they when they got married, (laughs) in attendance was Princess Anne, Princess Margaret, our fave, and the Queen Mother. That's how big a deal they were in society in the British aristocracy that the Queen Mum actually attended the wedding. then when she had her first son, her first child, Thomas Henry Charles Parker Bowles in 74, Prince Charles was the godfather. Can you imagine what that does to your new husband that you choose your very significant ex to be the godfather to your child? I really want to use a word, but I feel like I can't use it because it's been stolen by the alt-right. But you know what I'm thinking, <laughs> right? I, I did. Like, it completely. took me a second. It took me a second. But that's just like so bizarre to me. So then... Of course, Charles and Diana separate in 92 and get divorced in 96. Camilla divorces. In the middle of that, she divorces in 95. In 94 uh, is when Princess Diana does that interview with Martin Bashir where she's like, there were three people in my marriage. And like the Andrew Morton book comes out. So before Camilla even gets divorced, everyone knows about the cheating. Yes. Like everyone was cheating in the early 90s, if not much earlier so just like and then they they all got divorced around the same time um and then in the midst of the divorce before princess diana even died charles said mrs parker bowles is a great friend of mine a friend for a very long time she will continue to be a friend for a long time indeed because they were married a couple of years later yeah oh no they were married a while later well like 10 years later but but they were together at the time but so um also in 94 um a book the Prince of Wales, a biography that was written by the same guy that he said that to, um, said that Camilla and Charles had rekindled their relationship in 86 after the marriage had broken down, quote unquote. So basically, we know at least that like he was married to Diana in 81. He started yeah. whatevering Camilla <laughs> right. by 86. Right. I don't remember what your tampon gate is. I think like 91. Yeah. So... Yeah, these two. Man. Yeah, lots of drama. But then, so... They've been involved on and off for 45 years. Yeah, and then it seems that um, a rehabilitation of her image was ongoing from 99 to 2005. Yeah, so that was amusing to me. So, of course, once... Um, Charles and Diana were divorced and then once she passed away he started seeing her again or again was probably seeing her the entire time realistically um, but started bringing her to events and so it was obviously really difficult for him to do that after Diana had died so he was subtle about it and brought her to unofficial events and then brought her to an event where the queen would be and she finally like popped back up um, at the Queen's Jubilee, like attended events related to the Jubilee in 2002. Um, mm-hmm. She moved into Clarence House in 2003 and they got married in 2005. What a love story. What a love story. <laughs> they dated each other's siblings or they dated each other's exes. They attended each other's wedding. Like their family members attended each other's weddings. Her, her ex dated his sister. <laughs> it's so gross. It's, it's, 
I need another sip of my <laughs> which so that's, that's is pretty empty. That's those two. Um, of course, Camilla could be the Princess of Wales. She chooses not to use that title because it's too associated with Princess Diana, and she thought it would be too hurtful. So she's the Duchess of Cornwall. That's mm-hmm. how she is styled um, and will be for a while because Queen Elizabeth is not going anywhere. And do you think Kate's going to take the title of Princess of Wales once Prince William becomes the Prince of Wales? I don't know. So much goes into that. I don't yeah. I don't understand enough to understand. And plus it's we're so far out from yeah. that. I feel sorry, I just was like going down the future. The titles are really complicated. Um less complicated. Those kids at Wimbledon. <laughs> as much to be like tennis, because it's really complicated. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't understand anything about tennis. What I do understand are cute sunglasses. Anyway, that's that's the background we bring to tennis. Yes, um, that's our that's our expertise. <laughs> <laughs> but we got our dream, you guys. I can't believe it. I really feel like they were listening to the podcast yeah. and they're like, it's happening. We got our absolute dream, which was announced maybe a day or two beforehand. But yes, Kate um broke her maternity leave to attend Wimbledon and she sat alone with Meghan Markle at Serena's match. And they were laughing and smiling and chit-chatting. And so something that I thought was really interesting, first of all, the outfits. Um, Meghan wore Ralph Lauren. She wore these gorgeous white pants. The kind of thing I could never do. I could never either. (laughs) Like, I do not have the body for it. oversized, like, covered her shoes. First of all, I couldn't wear white pants. Mm -hmm. I have to eat. You know, a girl's got to eat. Um, but yeah, and then on top of that, they were a wide leg and just it would look terrible on me. But looked really cute with a little blue and white shirt tucked in. Yes, and Kate wore a very Kate-esque dress. Like, just think of a dress that Kate would wear. And Yeah, I want to say it was Jenny Packham, actually, which is like her number one gal. Yeah. Um, someone pointed out to me that the dress pattern looks like little tiny tennis balls. It's, oh. a, it's a cream-colored dress with little black dots but the dots have stripes through them that look like the tennis it looks like a tennis ball stripe oh well i just like looked very closely at this picture this black and white printout it's pretty cute right i liked that but so megan was carrying her hat the whole time and in previous years when she's attended wimbledon which i don't know if it's been more than once i know she at least went the year that she started dating prince harry but she wore her hat you know her beloved like white fedora yeah and so she brought a hat and it was kind of interesting to me that she was carrying it the whole time. I was like, is that a fashion statement? Because that just seems kind of like annoying to have to carry that in yeah. the same uh, hand that you're carrying your bag. But it turns out royals or people sitting in the royal boxes aren't allowed to wear hats. So normal people can wear hats. Like even famous people can wear hats there. They just You just can't be in the royal box because if you wear a hat, you might obscure other people's views. So mm. I assume just because Megan's my best friend, I assume she brought her hat thinking, oh, I'm going to wear this gorgeous hat. And can you just imagine how cool she would look with like those wide white pants and that hat? Like, dang. Yeah, it's a good look. Like, dang. (laughs) But so I guess she had to just hold it the whole time. Yeah. Well, that was fine, too. It was like a Barbie where there's like an accessory in their hand, you know? I'm like, is that practical? But okay, it looks cute. Um, So they were adorable. Um, I made them, they're now my cover photo on Twitter, like the little photo that floats above your profile. Oh, really? Is a, is a you know, because it's such a horizontal image, is them at this game because they're making funny faces. Um, as, as noted in the past, Kate Middleton is the master of funny faces while watching sports. Yes, yes, yes. So the thing with Megan is um, she, I don't think she was looking unnatural at Wimbledon. She didn't look like she wasn't having a nice time, but... If you watch her on tape, she like it seems very clear like she knows she's being photographed and she didn't f- seem as relaxed as Kate, yeah. which I don't blame her for at all. Like, imagine how long she's sitting there 
and people are just taking your picture the entire time like literally even if you have to like wipe a crumb from your mouth totally like, the, every picture is being taken so she's just kind of smiling but Kate's just doing all of her expressions you know yeah. she's like such a pro at this and she loves her tennis which yeah. I understand. <laughs> so yeah, she looks nervous. She's like laughing out loud with like teeth and and Megan has a couple of facial expressions, but in general, she just kind of looks beautiful. Yeah, very. Yeah, but a, a little tenser. Um, yeah. She also might have been tense because Serena lost. Yeah. So I watched that game, and as a tennis expert, <laughs> I don't want to like <laughs> say too much about it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't the best game. Just because I know Serena Williams is the greatest tennis player of all time. Yeah. One of the greatest athletes of all time. An incredible pro. She's so talented. But I I just know this game didn't really go in her favor. And it ended a little bit um, faster than people would have thought. That's what I gathered. Okay. Again, I don't know about tennis. Yeah. But um, I think it was really emotional for her watching Serena because obviously they're incredibly close. Serena went to her wedding. She went to Serena's match like a couple years ago too, yeah. and Serena's been like hanging out with her at polo matches recently. So yeah, they're buddies. They're real buddies. Yeah, they're like legitimate friends. And so when Serena lost, um, I mean, when we say lost, she was number two. So to be like yeah. second place at Wimbledon yeah. is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And so um, at the end of it, uh, they have the like runner-up second place person give a little speech, and she gave a really wonderful speech that was really, really emotional. She said, it was an amazing tournament for me. I was really hoping to get this far. It's obviously disappointing, but I can't be disappointed. I have so much to look forward to. I'm literally just getting started. To all the moms out there, I was playing for you today, and I tried. And then you see um, Megan, and she's kind of tearing up a little Mm. bit because, like, just think about the pressure that Serena was under. She's an incredible athlete, but she just had a baby less than a year ago. And, and had a really crazy, awful uh, birthing experience. Like, yeah. almost died. But it's so insane that, like, her getting second place at um, Wimbledon is a loss. You yeah. know, like, that's incredible. And I feel like she thought she had to win not just for herself, but for all moms to show, like, you can go back out there and you can yeah. do this. And what she, did, what she did was absolutely incredible. She just, you know, it's, like, just something that happens. Sometimes you yeah. don't win and... So I, I just thought like Megan had like a little teary eye and yeah. I had a little teary eye. I was like, oh my God, my best friend's Arena. <laughs> and also as part of her new life as a diplomat, uh, as a royal, Megan had to greet Angelique Kerber like two minutes later yeah. and be polite about it, which of course she was in the video. Yeah, but she was doing that smile thing where I, I was watching it and she's just smiling the whole time because she can't break. Like if she yeah. even slightly grimaced. Yeah. She, people would be like, look at her. She's making a bad face. Which I would grimace just from the pain of holding a smile for that long. Yeah. Um, but that reminds me about the tense smile. We have to do this. I'm so sorry. Ugh. Thomas Markle's been talking. He he can't stop. He, he can't, can't stop. stop. So I really, like, I thought we were done because I felt like, okay, so he bounced off the wedding for a little bit, blah, blah, blah. I thought that would be it. But no, no. He reappeared. Of course, he didn't, he gave two interviews. He gave one to the son in which he said that he can just tell that Megan's not really happy because her smile has looked tense recently. That as her father, he knows what kind of smiles she has and he can see the look in her eyes. If I may quote, I see it in her eyes, I see it in her face, and I see it in her smile. I've seen her smile for years. I know her smile. I don't like the one I'm seeing now. This one isn't even a staged smile. This is a pained smile. That might just 
be having a couple of bad days. I don't know. It really worries me. I think she's under too much pressure. There's a high price to pay to be married to that family. You asshole. I don't know what to say other than what a dick. <laughs> He's such a freaking dick. I hate him. Like who asked you and to to pull like he hasn't been I, I don't know the ins and outs of this relationship because, again, Megan wasn't in the public eye then like she is now. But I don't think they're extremely close, you know, not as close as she is to her mother, Doria. And so for this guy to be like, as her father, I know the look in her eyes is so frustrating. It's it, enraging to me, honestly. Also, as two people who go through Getty pictures of <laughs> Meghan Markle, which... I don't know if you guys uh, ever look on like Getty or AP photo or whatever. We have to do, to do that to pull yeah. pictures for our stories. But you can just scroll through like thousands and thousands of pictures yeah. of her. Like every event, there's like hundreds and hundreds. And she looks happy. I mean, sometimes she sometimes she's not smiling. Sometimes she's talking. Sometimes she's probably looking serious. Like, she's actually, I've never been more impressed with her acting skills than since she got married because she's a very good, quiet listener. Like when she's at events where she's listening to like a lecture or whatever, or she's in a church service, she always has this like, uh, it's the abs- like absolute opposite of resting bitch face. She always just looks like a, a sweet angel. Like her eyes are always sparkling as she listens to what is probably a very boring speech. I think she is a sweet angel. She baby. is a sweet angel. Basically, like, it just uh, it really bothers me. First of all, of course, maybe her smile is a little bit fake. She has to smile as part of her job now. So, like, she's doing that nonstop. But, like, I let hate, it be, dude. Like, I hate talking to people that I don't know. And even when I talk to people that I know, I probably have, like, a bitch face on because I usually just want to be, like, home in sweatpants not talking to people sure except for right now because i you. love talking Thank you. to you uh, i was gonna say <laughs> you're like one of my like top 30 people to talk to <laughs> <laughs> excuse me it's your job to talk to me we'll, we'll come back to that i know i'm gonna i'm gonna have a stern I, lecture with you later I can't escape her <laughs> but but like talking to people sucks sometimes and so i'm sure like she has great conversations with people but sometimes it's probably quite dull and she always has to look happy and i think she does a great job and Thomas sucks. So then after he gave this interview to the son, somebody um, said that, you know, Megan and Harry are quite frustrated with him. And it was uh, like, uh huh. Yeah, it was like in the official like royal reporters, like, OK, understandable and probably like understatement of the year. Like, duh, I'm I'm frustrated with him. Yes. And I'm only slightly royal. <laughs> Anybody, any waking person is frustrated with Thomas Markle right yeah. now. So then he calls TMZ up and his his old best friends at TMZ. Yes. So sorry, I have to pull this up. Well, I, while you pull it up, I found yet another quote that he said that I ignored the first time. Good grief. He, he complained about her fashion. What? I know. He Thomas complained about Megan's fashion because he doesn't like how she's been dressing so stiffly and modestly. Why in 2018 are we dressing like the 1930s, he said. Why do they have to cover their knees? Have you seen what he wears? It's just like a muumuu and some baggy shorts. Yeah. Which is fine. Wear whatever you want to wear, Thomas Markle, because your job is to be in Mexico on like staging paparazzi photos. But Megan's job is to be the public face of the British family. And as we saw in Ireland, like, yes, she's been dressing more conservatively, but she still has amazing style. She still looks stunning. And like her Ireland clothes were so great. And so, I I mean, he can go like himself but um <laughs> so okay the quote I that love he when said, you get primly angry 
I know. I'll be like, what a dick. What Excuse a me. Here's dick. a swear word I'm going to spell mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so what he said to TMZ was, I was silent for a full year and the press beat me up every day saying I was a hermit hiding in Mexico. So I gave my story. Apparently that interview put the royal family in their silence mode. So I gave another interview to break the silence. All they have to do is speak to me. No. That is blackmail. He's no. like, or ultimatum. What are, what are what are some other manipulative? No, there's there's other words. I Coercion, use. coercion, collusion, collusion, obstruction of justice. Speaking of, <laughs> oh god, I completely for, I I honestly blocked it out. Um, yeah. Speak. Speaking of other oh. assholes, uh, Donald Trump was in the UK. Yeah, and um, I don't think it should be a surprise to anybody, but he broke royal protocol. Yeah. So okay. I, I want to say this right off the bat. So, of course, some articles were like, here are the 11 ways he broke royal po- protocol. And I could see how some people would actually be, like, refreshed by that. Like, no, this is Donald Trump. Like, like I'm, I imagine some of his followers and fans would be like, that's why we love him is that he, like, does whatever he wants. And he doesn't adhere to this, like, stuffy, the stuffy rules of diplomacy. And mm-hmm. he's a real guy. No, no, no. I encourage you to watch the video, if you haven't, of him meeting uh, Queen Elizabeth because first of all he was 15 minutes late she was filmed twice checking her watch <laughs> oh my god which who makes <laughs> Queen Elizabeth check her goddamn watch I can't she will only check her watch for a freaking horse and that's it <laughs> that is it so first of all he was late um, second of all you know he walked in front of her um, so there's those things that are like it's the rule like don't approach her like we are talking about the Susan Sarandon thing a couple weeks ago uh it's not as if he didn't study his handbook because, of course, he wouldn't because that's not his thing or that he should know how to bow and how to curtsy and do all the rules. That's not my complaint. Of course, we don't expect him to do that. That's not his thing. Not that I'm excusing it. We don't expect that. But watch the video because what struck me is she's a little old lady. Like more than anything else, more than the fact that she's the queen of 57 countries, she is a 92-year-old lady and he ignores her and loses her and steps in front of her and blocks her from the cameras. Jesus. He like, yeah, he loses her and he sort of looks around like, oh wait, like when you're meeting somebody, never mind the Queen of England, and you walk ahead of them and you're like, oh wait, did I leave that little lady behind? So my grandmother is 90. When she is walking, I am at her elbow at all times in case something happens, in case she collapses or something. And because I love her and I care for her and I want her in my line of vision. Mm-hmm. Like how do you not instinctually guard with your person a 92 year old lady no instead he was stops, a bad knee he stops looks around and she has to walk around him the video is insane yeah it's really bad and also he and melania didn't curtsy yeah of course so that's gross um what i did like was that <laughs> apparently this this emerged actually today it's been a couple of days um that maybe the brooch she wore was on purpose the three brooches she wore for the three days he was in the UK were on purpose. One was given to her from Obama. Yes. So on the very first day when Trump was in the UK, um, she wore one that was given to her by Michelle and Barack, not as like an official state gift, but just as like a personal gift that they purchased themselves. And so I don't think she's worn that out again in public. So this was like a big moment that she wore an Obama brooch when Trump was in town. That was the first day. The second day she wore this Canadian pin, which this one, this explanation is like a little thinner to me, was that she 
like that we we're not doing so great with Canada right now. Like we don't have the best relations with Trudeau and things mm-hmm. like that. That's like reaching a little bit. What I did like was it looks kind of like a snowflake, which people were like, oh, it's like a special snowflake kind of thing. <laughs> I don't which know. I love. And then the last one was one that she wore to her father's funeral. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, that her mom wore. That her mom wore to her father's funeral in the 50s. That's like really reaching. Not Again, not reaching. That's really, I appreciate the jewelry watchers, the royal jewelry watchers who even picked up on that. How do you pick up on that? I kind of feel like she didn't mean anything by the brooch because I think if anything, she wouldn't say, she wouldn't, she would try to do her best not to anger Trump because she knows he would just tweet about it. Yeah. I just, I love any story that, like, the queen is subtly shading anyone. Oh, yeah, completely. The thing is, I don't think she would be subtle about it. Yes, she's a diplomat and she is British, so she, you know, stiff up her lip and all that. But I think she has her ways. I think her visibly checking her watch twice was actually shadier than the brooches. I loved it. <laughs> loved it. Maybe I will make that my phone background. Because she probably of... has someone assigned to her to tell her what time it is at all like every hour of the day yes she's like is it is it happy hour yet and someone's like, like time is it oh um your majesty it is 5 15 and 20 seconds and she's like okay so where's my gin and tonic you know <laughs> like she has staff she doesn't need to like literally look at a watch that's my dream just to be like it's 5 15 bring me my gin bring me my gin um so yeah that's enough about trump yes Ugh. let's go on to more pleasant things because we are so happy about the christening photos. The christening photos. So, of course, after all three of the christenings for um, Kate and William's kids, they reveal like they released the official family portraits. Yes, of, like you know, a few days later, and so we just got these, and they are so freaking adorable. Yeah, I Ugh. can't. Can't. We talked about the christening in last week's episode, so cue that up if you're missing it. But what I loved about this, it, it continues some of the themes that we talked about last week, namely that Kate Middleton has never looked happier in her life. Yeah, seriously, never. Like Not she, even like leaving the Bijou's Club where <laughs> she's like drunk, happy in a cab <laughs> and it's 2005 and yeah. 2007. and Not on her wedding day, certainly. She just looks so happy. And I was reading speculation that this is her last baby and that maybe that's why she's like especially giddy right now because this is like her last this is the last time she'll get to like snuggle her little baby but also last time she has to go through horrific um, well I'd be pretty psyched about that as well yeah Um, so a couple of things to look for in the photo in the formal portraits that I liked first of all as we know uh, Queen Elizabeth couldn't make it to or could make it but chose not to attend the christening because she had a big week last week so in the big formal portrait that includes the middle I mean you can see it in all sort of the formal portraits taken inside Clarence house um, above their heads, you can see a picture, a, a painted portrait. Oh, my her. God. I didn't notice that. Yeah, That's yeah. so funny. She's, like, haunting them, which is really amusing to me. So I liked that. Also, in the um, official portrait for the last two children, she was sitting on the couch right next to William and Kate. And okay. so this time it's just the immediate family of five. Yes. Followed, like, behind them, it's, like, the Middletons and, of course, Megan and Camilla and Harry. And, you know, the slightly extended gang. Um, people also pointed out that I, I never really see this, but that I always just, I mean, this is myopic perhaps, but whenever I look at the kids, I try to compare them to Charles or Diana or Kate or William, never the Middletons. But people pointed out that um, with Michael Middleton in the photo, you can really see how much he looks like um, George and how much he looks like Louis now. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah, so that's super cute. Um so I liked that. Other things that I would suggest looking at are Prince George's cheese and face. He is smiling big time. He's looks so cute. He's just like 
all the teeth. And usually, you know, as we've seen, he's quite shy in public. So this is what he's doing behind closed doors is just cheesing it, mm-hmm. um, which I love. And we get Princess Charlotte in one of the photos is uh, turned away from the camera, is looking at her baby brother, and she's holding his hand. She's holding Louis's freaking hand. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so adorable. It's so cute. We're mad about it. Yeah, like... I, I'm so happy. It's so truly adorable. She's just kind of holding his hand and lovingly looking at him. And I don't know, like some people are saying it shows that she's mother's little helper, but I don't think that. I think she's just a a big sister and he's her baby. Like, yeah. I think we're both big sisters and like yeah. our little brothers were our babies. Like, yeah. It's, it's just, just like you're you like, look at this fascinating creature that's in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were sweet enough. And then the Cambridges did something that I, it's my favorite thing when they do this. Um, they released the formal portraits and then the next, and we all delighted. And then the next day they were like, surprise, we're going to give you another one. Yeah, they're like, no big deal. Here's another one that's even better than you could possibly have imagined. Yeah, the bonus one is always the best kind of one. And so the picture is, we have yet to really see Prince Louis's actual face because he's always asleep before this. Um, and it's him sitting upright in Kate Middleton's arms looking at something off camera with just like a gigantic grin. <laughs> Can you call it a grin if you don't have any teeth yet? It's just like his big empty mouth like looking just laughing at something off camera. I'm just surprised he can hold his head up. She must be really propping it up. Yeah, right? that's like, very impressive for three months old. Also, if you look at Kate in this picture, again, happier than I've ever seen her, but also more beautiful than I've ever no, seen she her. She just looks great. Everyone looks so, so beautiful. Ugh, I know, obviously, the reason you are listening today is because we are royally obsessed and we fawn over these people. But, man, do they look beautiful here. That makes me really happy. A good-looking family. Yes. Before we adjourn the royal pod, how about some highs and lows? It's time for the royal highs and lows. I feel bad because I'm picking the high that's probably your high, but my high is the little kiddos. Yeah. At the christening. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, well, I do love that one photo of Prince Louis head upright, holding his head up. How? How a does very, he do it? A very good accomplishment for a three-month-old, looking so happy. Um, but my other high would be that we got our, our dream of Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle attending Wimbledon. Just two gals, just two gal pals watching sports. So I love that. Um, that's a high. And what about a low for you? My low is Trump disrespecting the queen and then also other things that he does. Yeah, that's extremely fair. My low would, of course, be uh, my ever-present low, which is Thomas Markle's existence. Mm-hmm. Thomas Markle and Donald Trump, that is a diplomatic meeting that I would watch the hell out of. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. It's the only thing those two would be acceptable for because um, yes. it would be like a reality TV show. So that's my low. Um, then you can follow me, Caitlin Menza, at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, um, on Twitter and Instagram, and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. And I'm Lisa Ryan. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, I was going to say, hey, Lisa Ryan. I mean, you can recreate your handle to sound like mine. That's I fine. I think the PIMS is working. <laughs> um, I'm at Lisa Raya. That's without an N. And then you can read my writing at the cut. Excellent. Follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast or join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Remember to subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And until next week, God save the pod. Yay! <laughs> Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. 
and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.